Welcome back, everyone. Are you ready for a brand new episode of the Author Revolution podcast? Goodness knows I hope so, because we're in it to win it. Okay, once again, I'm your host, Carissa Andrews. Wow, guys, I don't know about you, but this February is really flying by. There's been a lot going on these past few weeks, and now this Friday, my husband and I are celebrating our eighth anniversary. We're pretty stoked because we're heading into town to start the process of getting tattoos in celebration of this occasion. He's already got three, but I am a virgin tattoo person, so this ought to be interesting to say the least. We're planning on having uh, semi-matching tattoos on our forearms with angel wings and an infinity symbol because, as you know, it's basically the number eight. (laughs) It's been a plan in the making for the past few months, and now we're actually going to be coming down to the wire and taking the time to go to a tattoo artist to make our final arrangements, have them do the artwork, and then go ahead and do it, right? So happy anniversary, honey. I love you. And so while this story is cute, and I love that man of pieces, I also think it's kind of timely. While it's not content in the form of a book, a blog, or a podcast, our tattoos are planned out as content for our bodies. And in all honesty, I'll probably be sharing it on all of my author social sites too, so there you go. Readers love to have the fourth wall removed, and letting them in on the things that you're doing in real life is a great way to do that. However, as new authors, or even seasoned authors who are super busy, (laughs) we forget, or maybe we don't know in the first place, how to engage our readers, or perhaps how to keep track of what we want to write so it actually gets done. New authors will fall into two camps, more than likely. They write like lunatics because they know their book is going to be the next Harry Potter, or they write slowly, when they have the time, because they're in no particular hurry, or because they want the book to be perfect, so they putz with every single word. I was actually the former. I wrote like a lunatic because the story pulled me straight through, and I swore it was going to be the next big thing once it was finished. While it has not gone on to superstardom status just yet, the Pandamas Chronicles has earned international best-selling status, so I consider that something, right? However, the more valuable thing that actually came out of writing it was understanding the value of consistent writing practices. So before we get on to the meat of this episode, which will be all about author editorial calendars, I have to give you a foundation to spring from. Before you can really plan out your calendar, you need to understand your why. But that's not the kind of why you're probably thinking about when I say this. I'm actually talking about sitting down to craft an author platform content marketing plan. It's a really big fancy word. And if you're saying, what? Hang tight. I gotcha. An author platform content marketing plan is just a fancy way of saying that you get clear on your who, what, why, and how. There are seven questions I usually ask myself when I'm creating my content marketing plan, and I think they'll help you out. So if you're near a pen and paper, write these down. Number one, what is your goal for your content? This helps you define your why so it's strong enough to pull you through week after week. Use SMART goals to define them, meaning specific, measurable, attainable or achievable, relevant, and timely. So what does that mean? I'll give you an example. Perhaps you want to write a chapter a day as your goal. That's specific. Better yet, though, you say each chapter has 2,000 words, and now you're going to do a chapter a day and 2,000 words. That's measurable. Ask yourself the question then, is it attainable for you? If yes, well, then proceed. If no, then drop it down just a little bit until you're able to work yourself up to that point. Is it relevant? Is what you're working on right now specifically relevant? Well, yes, if your goal is to write your novel, 
it is relevant. Is it timely? You bet, because you're saying that you plan to do this daily. Which, by the way, if you did do this, you would have a 60,000 word novel done in 30 days. Just saying. So the second question I want you to ask yourself is, what does success look like for you? Is it a finished novel in 30 days? Is it 10 days without skipping a single day? Is it all 30 days? Or is it something completely different? Whatever success looks like for you, know what it is so that you can celebrate it once you've accomplished it, and then set another goal. Question number three is, who is your audience? Before you can write any content, whether it's a book or a blog or a social media post, you need to know exactly who you're speaking to, or at least as close thereon as possible. It makes no sense to write an article about astrophysics to a group of teenage football players, right? While you might have one or two kids who like both, the majority of them are just not going to be your target audience. You want your post to resonate with the majority of your readers and not the other way around. Same goes with books. If you're writing a book that you're not quite sure what the genre is, it's kind of hard to get the wording right or get the tropes right, and readers will pick up on that and it might fall flat. So number four is what platforms do you want to produce your content for? So when you're first starting out, creating content should really consist of three platforms, your novel, a newsletter, and one social media channel. If you can handle more than that, great, but just make sure that you're consistent with one of those social media platforms before you try to add on any more, okay? Because it can easily overwhelm you and then you stop doing any of it at all and that's not what we want. All right, number five is what's your story? So you need to really think about how you're gonna use who you are, your experience and your dreams and aspirations to connect to your target audience. Look, people don't buy books or products from nebulous companies and people. They buy and connect because they resonate with the story that they're being told. And we're literally hardwired to crave them, so give it to them. What's your story? Sit down and really think about where you've come from and what you're doing and why your readers should really care about it. And then tell it. Number six is how do you plan to stand out? You're a unique being. While you could hypothetically write a story similar to another author, I mean, there are literally only seven story archetypes in the entire world, people. But no other author will ever tell the story in the exact same way as you. Your perspective and your talents are 100% unique, and your content will emulate that. Whether it's a unique angle for a book, or a punchy headline for a post, or a consistent thread on your social media platform, think about how you want to stand out. You can either define it yourself, or the world will do it for you. Number seven. What does your ideal content schedule look like? Consistency is truly key. So for this example, you want to take the three main platforms and then determine what the schedule will be for each. For example, I write daily for an hour minimum. I aim for a full chapter a day, but I know I'm successful when I at least get my full hour done. For my newsletter, I make sure it goes out weekly, rain or shine, stuff to say or not, which these days there is always something to say, but that hasn't always been the case, especially in the beginning. As for social media, I post every single day, but I do have a pro tip on that a little later on, so stay tuned. I started out with just a Facebook page at first, then I added on Twitter, and then a Facebook group, then Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, 
While I don't post on all of them every day, I do for Facebook and my Facebook group because that's where all of my readers really currently hang out. Okay, so now that we've answered those pressing questions and got that content plan creative, there are a number of ways authors can apply the basics of editorial calendars. So we mentioned a few of them briefly, but let's go through the main ones that can really impact your editorial calendar. The first one being your books. Obviously, you want to know what book you're writing, how often you're going to be writing in it, and then what book you're even going to be writing next. I know when you're writing your first novel, the idea of writing something else after it seems like light years away, maybe even an impossibility, but let me assure you that day does come and you want to be ready for it. So number two, you want to be thinking about for your editorial calendar, a marketing plan. So inside that editorial calendar, you want to have a note about anything that might impact on the type of posts and details you're delivering. So for example, a brand new book launch. If you have books out, a Kindle countdown deal, a free book, or any other promotional items like group giveaways. I keep my marketing plan separate from my editorial plan because I like to keep that in a physical planner style print calendar that I can flip through and look ahead. It's more concrete. It doesn't move around as often as like a, an editorial calendar would. So I don't mind putting it in pen and being able to just flip back to it when I need it. I can see everything at a glance and that just helps my brain keep focused and organized. However, I do not use a print planner or even a calendar to keep track of my editorial calendar. And I'll get to the why in just a few minutes. All right, so number three for your editorial calendar, things that you want to keep track of are newsletters. So like I mentioned, your editorial calendar should include your newsletter. And I have to mention that I really don't go into detail with mine though. I literally just map it out so that I know what day of the week I'm working on it and what day of the week it goes out. I don't go into the details of what I want to put in it other than the fact that I do sit down and create a template that I use time and time again. So for instance, my newsletter has a little bit of info in the beginning where I'm talking about my week, the things that I've done. I'll include any of the promotional stuff that I want my readers to know right away in the beginning. So for instance, if there's a book on sale or anything like that. But then I drop into newsletter swaps that I've done with other authors where I am promoting their works. I drop into group giveaways beneath that. And then I have like a little footer that always stays the same unless I decide to change some of the images from time to time. Just reminding the readers again about my books and where they can find them. Okay, so this one, the next one is really kind of a, a big one. It's your social media strategy. It's one that probably a lot of authors get most overwhelmed with because there's a lot to keep track of. So take it from me, don't reinvent the wheel on your social media platforms. Instead, create a daily editorial calendar so that you know what type of post needs to be created for a specific day. Again, I don't map out the specific content I want to write about on any given day. Instead, I give all seven days a theme. So for me, Mondays are motivation and insights, things like that. Tuesdays are questions for engagement, things that I want to get my, my readers talking about. Wednesdays are for delivering information on my current work in progress, just reminding them about what's going on and to keep it on top of mind. Thursdays are for throwbacks and promotional requests. So, you know, if I had something funny happen this day, you know, four years ago, I'll post about that. Otherwise, if I have a promotional request, um, yeah, I'll put it in there too. So like this week, I think I have information about voting for Secret Legacy's cover in the all author cover contest. That sort of thing just kind of pulls them back and kind of gives the readers a reason to engage. 
Fridays are about my family and pulling back that curtain. So I'll post things about my kids, my dogs, or my husband. Sometimes myself when my PA Jenny makes me. Just saying. (laughs) Saturdays are for shares, and that could be a meme, a picture from someone else's site that will resonate with my audience or maybe jive with my story. And then Sundays are all about my Facebook Live events with Jenny. However, you could schedule yours out completely differently. If you have multiple books, maybe each day is designated for one of them. Or if you only have one book, maybe some of the days go to your characters and they kind of take over your posts for that day. Honestly, the limit is truly just your imagination. And the nice thing is you only have to map out seven different themes, right? Then each week you sit down for an afternoon and you craft your posts. And you can choose to do seven days or you could do less, right? So it doesn't have to be as detailed as I'm doing. It literally takes me a couple of hours, but I'm posting to many different sites all at the same time. And yes, I'm meaning one afternoon. I sit down, I set it, and I forget it. People think I'm everywhere all the time because I'm posting to multiple pages and multiple groups daily. But the truth of the matter is, Sunday afternoon, before that chat with Jenny, I'm actually getting the posts organized for my author page and for Author Revolution. And that's for the entire week. And sometimes Jenny helps me out with some of the posts, but there are different types of posts that she just doesn't have the details that she needs to be able to do that. Things like pictures that I'm taking with my kids or the dogs or whatever. So I set them up and knock them down and I am scheduling them out. The way that I do that and my favorite tool that I use is Buffer because you can post multiple platforms all at the same time. It saves you a ton of time and you can see everything in one handy place. In the past, I used TweetDeck and I've tried Hootsuite, but Buffer has since beat them all out hands down. However, it does have a small fee, so keep that in mind. And if you're using just one platform, and that platform happens to be Facebook, for instance, you don't need Buffer to schedule your posts. You can do this all right from your Facebook page and right inside your Facebook group if you've got one. So don't feel like you have to spend money in order to make this happen. It is something that you can do right there within Facebook. I don't have time to be hopping into social sites and fragmenting my day every time I want to post to my group and I know that I should be engaging with them daily. So I get in the zone once and I honestly don't think about it again. I craft some intentional pieces that I know that my readers are going to resonate with. And unless something awesome comes my way by the way of my own feeds or Jenny sends me something really cool, or if my husband has an interesting article he reads, I'm honestly just responding to people who are commenting to the posts that I've already done. Okay, so moving on, number five is actually all about blogs. So blogs are an important way of bringing relevance to your writing, and I do encourage new authors to use them. And I did this when I first started out, but I can't say I use them as much anymore. And it's mostly, honestly, because I don't have the time, but I would do it more often if I did. Now, writing new content on a blog should happen weekly, bi-weekly, or at the very least, monthly. And the reason for it is because you're pulling people over to your website and creating relevance in the digital eyes of Google. When you leverage things like keywords, which I know is another topic, you can literally draw thousands of people to a single post. Plus, sometimes they can be downright fun to write. Ideally, you want the blog to live on your own website too, not on another place like Medium. And it's not to say that Medium isn't great, but that you want to make sure that you are posting to both if you do use Medium. Because if Medium went down tomorrow, let's say they decided to close their doors, fold up, and their entire site went down, all of your content would go with it. If it's on your own site as well, it doesn't go down 
unless you do. Yeah, feel me? All right. So number six is podcasts. If blogging is not your thing, then maybe think about doing a podcast. Yes, even aspiring authors can utilize this medium. Because I write so much daily for myself and for my clients, I focus on podcasting more than blogging these days. It's nice to stretch my vocal cords and get outside of my head a bit. Again, though, I use a single day to get organized. I podcast weekly, so right now that means Tuesday mornings I create my script and I record when my kids are at school. Then I take a break to work out, have lunch, and I come back to master the audio file and upload it. Then I follow through with the show notes. In an ideal world, I'd like to get three to six podcasts ahead of myself, but I'm not able to do that just yet with my client load. So trust me, I've tried, but that is my ultimate goal is to actually have a stack of podcasts that are ready to go. They're locked and loaded and I don't have to worry about it quite so much. Number seven is your video content. Video is becoming a big deal. And so understanding how to leverage it, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook, um, really honestly, any kind of site, TikTok, whatever, it's an important part of your strategy. And I think it's something that you want to start thinking about adding in as soon as you feel ready for it. So this could be an active production video, uh, like a book trailer, or it could be a Facebook, YouTube live, uh, TikTok video, like I said, whatever video looks like for you, just try to, again, be consistent about it. Obviously, creating book trailers won't be an every week kind of deal, but maybe a weekly Facebook Live is. Every Sunday, I go into my miscreant readers group with Jenny, like I mentioned, and right now we're highlighting Secret Legacy by doing them in a local graveyard, weather permitting. We ask a question of the week and then highlight some of the stories that we want to talk about on the live broadcast. We're basically just silly and talk about goofy stuff in our lives, things that are going on, but fans love it and we know eventually it will become more relevant as all of the threads to the Windhaven Witches series start coming together for them. And then finally, number eight is a backlist of content ideas. So I'm not talking about your backlist of books, although that is something that you want to keep track of because you can always lean on it for new sources of uh, post information. But a backlist of content ideas is really a way to be able to create a slush pile for the content ideas you haven't touched on yet. Sometimes I get really good ideas in the shower or mowing the lawn or even working out. So make sure you have a place to put those thoughts and the content ideas down. That way, when you have a week where you're struggling to be creative, you have a list of cool ideas already ready to go to. Okay, so those are the main topic areas that you want to think about incorporating into your editorial calendar. You don't have to put all of them in, but they're just things that you might want to think about as time goes on. So now let's talk about how to set up an editorial calendar as an author. The first thing I would recommend is honestly setting it up online in a digital format of some sort. It doesn't have to be online, but at least digital. It's one of the few places that I encourage a digital format because there's a reason to all this madness. When you're creating content on a consistent basis, there is nothing worse than having to find the whiteout to revamp your calendar. In addition, for the most part, you don't need to have that really creative detailed plan either. Just your themes. So in my personal experience, if I try to micromanage my social media content down to the social posts for any extended period of time, I am setting myself up to fail, especially since there are seven posts happening every single week. So here are my recommended programs that I use for creating uh, an editorial calendar that I think you can live with. So number one, Asana. 
You guys already know how much I love Asana, but not only will it keep you organized for your other authorly moving parts, things that you're doing for your book or your series, but it also is a great place to manage your editorial calendar. So I use it and keep actually three different editorial calendars in Asana for myself. My podcast editorial calendar that I do brainstorm topics for a few months out. So I'll put like a little tagline of what I want to talk about in a specific podcast and I'll do it for, let's say, three or four months out. I also do my social themed days. So I do that for my my author stuff and I also do it for Author Revolution. And each one of them are a little bit different because obviously my stuff for an author is actually going to be geared towards readers who just want to kind of enter my fiction realm and Author Revolution is going to be geared for writers. So I've been doing my newsletter so long that I don't honestly need to add it anymore. I know it's on Sundays. I know it has to happen during that time frame. I know it has to be in the morning because now I'm doing social media stuff in the afternoon. And I know it posts on Mondays because I've been doing it for like ever. <laughs> so same with my video content. I know that it will have to happen on Sunday as well with Jenny. And I know that I do it for Author Revolution on Wednesdays because it's all about Writer Wednesdays. However, I will mention that if you are planning to do video content, make sure that you do give it a structure so that it's helpful to your audience so that they know when to find you and they're not having to, to hunt you down or like, oh, look, there's a surprising thing that she popped up. You know, give them a, a way to be able to know when you're going to be going live and a structure maybe even to the video itself. Okay, so if Asana is not for you, and it is free just as an FYI, if you want to get started and you don't need some of the bells and whistles, but there's also Trello. Trello is a great one. And I actually do use Trello in a different way, but I use it for storyboarding my story ideas and for outlining, but not for my own editorial calendars. However, I do know other authors who use it and they like it that way. So that's always a possibility. You could also use Evernote or MeisterTask. Both of those are great tools. They I think MeisterTask actually works very similarly to Trello, but it you can use it as a, an editorial board and it makes it really nice. Evernote, you can go into a little bit more detail. You can also use uh, physical calendars, but again, I mostly use these for planning out promotional stuff that I want to be able to look at quickly. It's way easier to drag and drop content to a different location when you decide you want to write about something else or maybe something unexpected happens in your week. And trust me, the majority of your content should be living, meaning that it can move around because there will be so many times where stuff is just going to shift around. And finally, of course, if you want to be able to use something that you've already got natively and is totally free, you could use an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet. Either one of those works really well. And we'll talk about what you then are going to be keeping in all of the, the editorial calendar pieces in just a second. So that stuff is super basic for Excel and Google. You just put it into your little columns and rows and away you go. Okay, so now that we have those tools in place that you can play around with and see which one works best for you, I typically have six bits of information that I want to keep track of. So if you think about it in a like a Google spreadsheet format until you are able to test out how these other ones work, because they are going to be a little different. Asana will give you a title and then it pops open and it gives you a bunch of stuff that you fill in in the inside, which I'll usually put in the notes section. But it does give you some of these as like things that you can click on and be able to um, add information. I'll, we'll get into it in a second. Okay, so the first one, location. You want to obviously know that you're putting your information down in the right editorial calendar for the right content platform. 
So some authors will keep everything in one calendar where you're keeping your blog information, your newsletter information, your social stuff all in the same thing so that you're taking a look at this big monolithic calendar. But I happen to like keeping my calendars separate. And that way I can quickly and easily find something rather than digging through the content, you know, that's all in one location, especially since some of my content is broken out into like the actual subject and information bit. The other stuff is actually in themes. So when I want to just quickly go, okay, this is the new week, I'm going to sit down and write these posts. What was the theme for my entire week? If for some reason I forgot, then I've got the whole thing there and I can just go back and refer back to it. Or if I wanted to switch it up a little bit and change my calendar, now I can go, okay, which one doesn't seem to be really resonating with my audience? Aha, I can readjust this particular one, this particular day and change the theme. All right, so number two, I then obviously will go in and I will create the content theme or the title for the content. The first thing I do is map out my daily content themes or the title of the content if I know I'm mapping out a specific type. So for example, the book I'm working on and then the one after it or the blog post topics for the following week. Or if I'm doing my social media content, again, Mondays are motivation, so on. You know what I mean? All right, so number three is your publication date. So this is where I was meaning like Asana will give you information. You can literally put the deadline in Asana. You don't have to like write it down. You, you put it in with a, their little calendar and then it dings you and lets you know this is the thing that's happening today. Even if I'm adding a content theme, I like to have it repeat on a weekly basis. So that means if I added Motivation Monday theme, I then have the deadline trigger for Monday. And as soon as I check it off as done, it repeats then for the following Monday. And if it's weekly content with a title or a novel, for instance, I always give it a deadline so that I make sure I'm not dragging it out. Your novels need to have an end game, and we're not very good at being able to give ourselves deadlines, but we need that. Otherwise, remember the Parkinson's law, work expands to fill the time available for its completion. So shorten that leash and give it a deadline, please. All right, number four is you want to give yourself information for your call to action. So if I have a specific call to action I want to keep track of, I'll add it into my calendar. Now, generally, I don't use this all that much since most of my CTAs are actually part of my newsletter or my social media posts, which I don't keep track of in that kind of granular level. However, there have been times when I wanted to know which post I asked readers to do something, like comment on a post to win something, for example. And so when I know that there's a call to action and something then that I have to follow up on, I will make a note of it and I will make sure that I have the opportunity or maybe a link going back to it so I can make sure everything is taken care of. You could also do this in uh, a note section. So you could have an additional note section where you're just talking about other things or just the call to action because maybe it's easier. It depends on how frequently you put notes in. I honestly don't use it as much as I used to, but you might. So this is just a general location for things that you want to make note of. It could be anything from X person won a copy of book one to remember to reassess my book bub wins for the whole of 2020 in a December podcast episode, like one of mine. So that can literally be uh, some of the information that you want to keep track of and be able to like flip through real quickly on what you need to return to. Then finally, number six your promotion or marketing plans. So even though I keep all of my stuff in a physical planner type thing for my promotion and my marketing stuff, I still flag certain time periods 
that there's going to be promotional items coming up that week or whatever the case might be. That way, I can create graphics in Canva or I can have Jenny make something. It also helps me to get in the mindset of what my business objectives are as an author. So if there are things that I'm trying to accomplish, let's say I want to be able to get to uh, 150 pre-orders, for instance, on a book that I'm not trying to list aim with, whatever the case might be, then I have that marketing objective and I know what I'm trying to aim for. And it just kind of helps you get into that mindset when you're getting your whole editorial calendar together, especially when you are creating those posts. I mean, if you're sitting down, you're trying to figure out what to write about and you have a book that's on sale right now, you should honestly be creating a a post that's going to tell your readers that, hey, my book's on sale. Okay, so look, guys, getting your editorial calendar in line, it really honestly doesn't have to be complicated. So if you've reached this point of the podcast and you're thinking, that's a lot to remember, just remember, you probably only have to think about one book that you're working on, your newsletter, which may or may not go out weekly or biweekly, and the theme for your social media posts. You don't even have to post every day. Maybe start with three times a week as long as you're sticking to the same days. Understanding editorial calendars, especially when you're first starting out, might seem like one of two things, overkill or overload. (laughs) However, I do encourage you to start today no matter where you're at. Even if you're small, even if you don't have your book out yet, remember consistency is actually the key. You can either make all of your flub ups, mistakes, faux pas, and do all your trial and error when you have three followers, or you could do it when you have 300,000. I know that personally, I want to iron out all the kinks before I feel the pressure of having thousands of eyes on me all the time. You know, yesterday I was actually doing a workout, the 21 day fix extreme, real time to be exact. And Autumn Calabrese said something that I found pretty profound. It was obviously in relation to working out and how athletes train, but it applies to us writers too. She said, don't just go until you get it right. Keep going until you can't get it wrong. I love that so much. Remember, transformation isn't a future event, guys. It's a present activity and it takes conscious intention. What do you want from your writing? Where do you want to see yourself in five years? Dream it, plan for it, and take action. Now, if you have any questions on editorial calendars or anything that we've talked about, the content planning and all of that, just drop me a comment at our Author Revolution Facebook page, or if you're a student, go ahead and ask it in our online community. I will make sure that we have all of the details to the links and stuff we talked about, obviously today over at the show notes. So if you do need anything, be sure to head there and go to authorrevolution.org forward slash 17. Next week, we're going to be talking about story structure. So in specific, the difference between the three acts versus the four quarters and why you really should know how to use both. Learning them was very eye-opening for me, and it has helped me map out my stories and given me a compass to know whether or not I'm even on track when I'm writing my novel. And it definitely helps you when you're outlining that novel. I think I mentioned it in that episode as well. So I think it'll do the same for you. Now, before I sign off, a final word. Have you subscribed to this podcast yet? I would love it if you would. While I might have 17 episodes aired, the Author Revolution podcast is still pretty new. Every subscribe click helps the podcast be discovered by other listeners. And if you like this episode or the podcast in general, leave me a review or a rating. That too helps listeners decide if it's worth giving their time. Well, that's it for me today, guys. Until next time, go forth, 
Be awesome.